Welcome everyone to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast, a place to come together to meet other passionate Jewish women from around the globe. We here value unity and we come together from different backgrounds, places and stages in life. We focus on what unites us being a Jewish woman. We believe that every woman has a beautiful and unique light to shine to our community and to the world. In these podcast interviews, we find the light in others and we learn from everyone. These are the topics that matter most to you and empower you to be the inspired Jewish woman that you want to be. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. And welcome back to another installment of our Inspired Jewish Woman weekly interview podcast. And today I have a dear friend of mine from Portland, Deborah Goldstein with us. Hi, Deborah. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. This is a privilege. This is amazing. Deborah gave a small presentation on our first or second virtual retreat, and I just knew we need to get you back for more because it wasn't enough and it was so well received and there's so much wisdom inside of you. And we're so happy to bring you forward to our community of women so you could share some of your light today. So Debra has spent more than 20 years in the world of fundraising and nonprofit management. After working with a marine mammal researcher at a science museum and an aquarium, she launched her own philanthropic advertising business. My own philanthropic advising business, Enlightened Philanthropy. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it's a mouthful. I'm reading it. I'm reading your bio right here. I'm like, you should just say it. She advises individuals in their giving and creating philanthropy camp for women. I want to hear more about that. An okay. intimate, immersive experience to introduce women to how they can be more thoughtful about their giving. Today, she is a busy mom and writer and working on two books. So incredible. Thank you, Debra. Thank you. Where do you want to start? Well, I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you've been, where you've lived, and then I want to jump into the main topic that I'm really excited to dig into today. Sure. So I grew up in the Portland area and, you know, have been part of the Jewish community here since I was a kid. And then I went off to college in Ohio and I went off to graduate school in Delaware. And the joke used to be with my friends that if I was going to become, get a doctorate in or anything, I need to go overseas. So I just kept moving east and yet the West was always my home. So I came back here after graduate school and that's when I started working with the marine mammal researcher. My background is actually in biology and marine biology specifically. And I sort of fell into the world of fundraising and really found that I liked grant writing. So that's what I did for each of those organizations. And then after a while, especially at the aquarium where I was interacting a lot with more, you know, major donors, I started to realize like there's something to, you know, these families that have really thought out giving plans and the families who are just kind of like, we're getting here and there and everywhere. And I thought, I want to help families do that. And so I left the aquarium and I started Enlightened Philanthropy. And that was a fun journey. We mentioned Philanthropy Camp, which I'll just pick up on really quick. Like you said, it's an intimate, immersive experience. We would spend six consecutive weeks together, one night a week for several hours, and just talked about the basics of giving, you know, who, what, why, when, where, how. 
and really help women find the confidence they needed to give in the way that they wanted to give. And that was a real honor for me to help women through that. And that kind of gets us to that time in my life where I experienced my 40 moments. Stop right here because we're going to introduce that and that's going to be our main topic. But just as you're talking about your journey and your love and your passion for fundraising and grants writing, you know what's going through my mind? I'm thinking that's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> like, I think I'm allergic to fundraising. I love working with people and fundraising is an important component of any nonprofit organization. But there has to be someone like you to make things happen for people like me. And obviously we do fundraising and we have to, we have no choice to move things forward, but it's just so nice to hear that that is your passion because for so many of my friends and colleagues that are in the field of the Jewish outreach field that I'm in, we just feel like, oh, we have to do this grants. We have to fundraise. It's like, it's not what we want to be doing, but it's just nice to hear. It's the first time I'm really hearing someone say, I love doing that. (laughs) Beautiful. And another thing that came to my mind as I'm hearing you speak, I was listening to Dr. Edith Eager this Mm -hmm. week, podcast that she did with Aliza Bulow, and it was a fascinating talk. And at the end, there was an ask, right? Alyssa Felder, who was putting together this program, she said, if anyone would like to make a donation to my organization in Providence, Rhode Island, here's the details. You know, it's always that moment. It's like, for me, if I would have to say that, I would feel like it just killed everything because you don't want any price tag attached, right? right? And Dr. Edith, she jumps in and she says, I just want to tell you, ladies, donate, donate to the causes, to every cause that lights your heart. She says, give while your hands are still warm. Mm. And coming from a 90 something year old lady that has lived through almost a century of life, lived through a Holocaust, lived through children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, the beauties, the joys, the hardships, the horrors, hearing it from her, it really, really was very profound. Mm. We do want to be givers and we do want to be giving in our lifetime. Most people, they leave an inheritance to their children, to their grandchildren. I have a ring that I wear that my mother gave me. This is actually a necklace that my mother gave me on my wedding day. Mm. And it was from her father. And the deal was that when my first daughter will get married, God willing, I will give it to her. And when my mother gave this to me, someone actually said to her, why are you giving it? It's from your dad. Keep it. It's yours. And my mother said, no, I want to give it. I want to see my daughter wear it in her lifetime. And please, God, she should see her granddaughter wear it in her lifetime. So there's something so beautiful in the work that you do. And I just wanted to like put that down because I don't think you probably get too much, you know, fanfare. Like it's, you're behind the scenes. It's so vital. Such vital work. Thank you for that, Eve. And I think, you know, that's something that I really try to promote in the work that I would do is give while you're alive. Give so you can see the impact that you're making, the difference that you're making in the world. If you hold on to it and wait until you're gone, you don't get the joy from that. You don't get to see, oh, you know, I helped this kid go to college. You know, I put a scholarship fund for them or, you know, whatever it is, whatever your passion is, why not enjoy it while you're alive? So I'm so glad that you picked up that point and shared that. Thank you. So beautiful. Well, we're going to jump into the topic that I really want to hear about today. And I really, I'm so excited about this. Deborah has this thing called 40 moments. She's going to share all about it. But the reason that I wanted this so badly this week was because 
Today is actually my Hebrew birthday. We're airing this today. We're going to premiere it next week. But today is my Hebrew birthday, my 40th birthday. And last week was my English one. And I was born on Hanukkah. I was born on Rosh Chodesh Tevet, which is today. And so happy, you know, Chodesh Tov, a new month, new energy, and it should be good for everybody. But I was kind of getting to this stage of turning 40 with a lot of trepidation. Let's just put it that way. Like, no, like it was always this big number in my mind. What happens at 40? And the night before my birthday last week, I sat down and I wrote a few words and I shared it on Facebook. Some of you might have read what I wrote, how significant the number is. Like, why am I afraid of this number? It's actually the most amazing number in Judaism. It's the number that represents growth and renewal and rebirth and rejuvenation. And there's countless examples within Judaism of this number 40 being this incredible number that we need to get to. We know that Moses went up to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights before he got the Torah. And Noah goes into the ark for 40 days and nights during the flood. And that's how he saved, right? During those 40 days. And he's able to go on and build the world anew. We know that the Jewish people wandered through the desert for 40 years again and again and again. We see these examples. We know that there is this sage, Rabbi Akiva. He was 40 years old when he started learning, all of that. Like he would go to the cheder, to the young preschool with all the three-year-old boys. And this 40-year-old man, was he was embarrassed, but he needed to start from the scratch at 40 years old. So we just know again and again and again that this number is so significant. One of my favorite examples of the number 40 is the amount of water required to make a kosher mikvah in the Gemara term, okay, in this biblical term is 40 se'a, which is like, it's about 200 gallons, actually. But this number represents what the mikvah is all about. The mikvah is like this spiritual reset button. You go in, you come out, you're renewed, you're refreshed, you have this new slate in front of you, whatever you're going for, whether it's a conversion or for family purity, or even like immersing your vessels, you know, that we toivel, we dip all of our vessels before we use them. There's like this energy, this newness to it. So again and again and again, and let's just also just put on the table, a gestation, a pregnancy is 40 weeks. 40 days after conception of a child, the fetus takes on human form and has a heartbeat. And here's a mystical one for you. 40 days before conception, this is a mystical concept, a heavenly voice calls out, so-and-so is destined to marry so-and-so. Your Besheret, your destined one, is called out from the angels above. So there's like, it's pretty crazy stuff, right? And the biggest one of all is stepping into your 40th year is when you step into your full wisdom, your full understanding, right? This is like this incredible next level that we reach. And actually, we're not meant to study and delve into the Kabbalistic teachings until we reach this stage not because it's dangerous or anything, just because we couldn't possibly fully get it, grasp it, understand it until we reach this stage. So I've been excited. This week has been a beautiful birthday week. And I was so inspired by what you did to bring in your 40th year. And that's what I want you to share with us today. Oh, I'm happy to. Thank you so much for that breakdown of all these amazing 40s and the importance of it in the Jewish tradition. I sort of midway along my journey, started to realize that myself. And you've just kind of put it all in one little nugget. So thank you. I'll come back to this recording for when I'm writing my book, (laughs) that part of the book. (laughs) Yeah. So trepidation is such a great word. That's exactly what I was feeling probably about 
let's see, my birthday is in November, right around Thanksgiving. So probably like July, I was definitely feeling this like momentous occasion coming up of, you know, 40 years. I lived in Monterey, California at the time, and I would often do summertime bonfires on Carmel Beach with a mentor of mine. And so one night we're sitting there on the beach and it was just, you know, beautiful night, you know, the smell of the campfire and the waves, you know, lapping at the shore. And we'd had our dinner and, you know, it was just kind of a quiet moment. And I just kind of felt this something welling up in me. Like I needed to tell him something. I needed to confess something to him. And now in retrospect, it's kind of funny that this is the person that I chose because, you know, we're such different people. And yet I think that really helped. Like he had the wisdom that I needed. So I said to him, I said, I'm a little worried about turning 40. Like I haven't reached any of the things I thought would have happened in my life by now. I thought I was going to be married. I thought I was going to have kids. And here I am, you know, a single woman with a career, but I don't have any of those other things that I wanted and that I've dreamed of. And like, he didn't even really skip a beat. It was like, he didn't dwell on what I didn't have. He went straight to, well, you should celebrate with 40 moments. And I just, you know, kind of was taken aback at 40 moments. Well, what's that? What's a moment? You know, what does moment mean? And then I kind of caught myself and thought, okay, 40 moments, you know, and I kind of like sunk into the thought and it just like things started to come into my mind, like, okay, I can work with this. And I realize now that's often how things happen in my life is I just need somebody to help with that spark and I can take it and run. And that's absolutely what I did with this idea. So I kept thinking about it and I decided, okay, here are the rules. I started in August my goal was to have 40 moments between when I started and when I turned 41. So during that 40th year, I'd have 40 moments and I could choose, you know, what my moments would be. Some of them might be planned. Some of them might be spontaneous. I just kind of was allowing myself to be open to whatever came. I don't think I really shared it with anybody. Like maybe I talked with my mentor about it more, but I really kind of kept it close because I wasn't sure, like, what is this going to be? What's going to come of this? And so I asked my mom, I said, you know, I've always wanted to do a road trip along the West Coast. Would you come down and do that with me? At that point, I'd done a handful of road trips with my dad, nothing ever with my mom. And I knew that she would love this trip. And so she flew down and she joined me. And it wasn't actually until the first night that we were on our trip that I told her, like, this is what I'm doing. And I decided to start with you because it all started with you. you know? Like I wouldn't be here if you hadn't brought me into the world. And that was just the start of an amazing journey. Wow. So did you plan out all your 40 moments in advance? Did you make lists of things you would like to do or? I didn't. I really just sort of kept things in my head. The two things I knew right off the bat, which was, I don't know why these came to me, but the first one was the road trip with my mom. And the second thing was I wanted to walk the Golden Gate Bridge. And that one, I don't really know where that came from. Although I'm afraid of heights and I've always challenged myself, you know, to take on that fear. So I've gone to the top of the Empire State Building. I've gone to the top of the Space Needle. You know, I've gone to the top of lighthouses. 
I've walked other bridges and, you know, sometimes there's a lot of fear there. Sometimes there's not much fear there. When did you actually walk it? Was it on your birthday? No. So that one was my 33rd moment and it was in like September of the following year. So it was closer to my 41st birthday. Time to get the guts up, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It took a while. I talked about it for a long time. I lined up a friend to go with me and she backed out at the last minute. And so I just thought, well, I picked this day. I said I was going to do it. Like I'm going to do it. And let me tell you, this is not an easy feat for somebody who's afraid of heights. So, you know, I made sure the weather was nice. I didn't want it to be too windy. I wanted to go as early in the morning as I could so that there wouldn't be very many people on the bridge. I didn't have to like, you know, deal with crowds. I talked with a friend of mine who's an energy healer and I said, you know, what do I need to do to prepare myself for this? Like pouring like oils, calming (laughs) bombs, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of preparation, which people who've done it and are like not afraid of heights, they're thinking, what's wrong with you? You know, it's not that hard. So everything, you know, was in place and I went for my walk and I got started and, you know, there's small crowds. But all these people just kind of looking at the bridge and you're like, oh, they're not going to walk it, you know. So I get started going and I have this mantra I'm doing. So I'm tapping, actually, that this is the work I do with my friend Amy, the energy healer. And so I'm tapping and I'm saying, I am safe. I can do this. I am strong. And I'm just tapping and I'm like, I can just imagine like the passerbyers, you know, I know. You know, you're like, this is all the affirmations yeah. happen. You smell like essential oils. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm starting out on my walk. And when you walk, the walking side of the bridge is, you know, traffic is going north. So you have traffic coming behind you. You can't see it. So at one point I'm doing okay. And I stop and I'm a photographer also. So I take out my phone and I'm like, oh my gosh, these are amazing views. I don't get when I'm driving across the bridge. So I stop. You know, I kind of plant myself firmly and all of a sudden a bus comes, you know, roaring past me and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so close. And I'm like, I just got to keep moving. Like no more pictures, keep moving. I don't even know how long it took me. I have this not irrational fear. I have to get myself in the perfect rhythm of walking and the tapping and then, you know, I can do it. I got, so I got to the other side. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm on firm ground again. I'm feeling very relieved. And I'm thinking, okay, great. I did it. Okay. I'm just going to get a cab. I'm going to go back across the bridge. No problem. This was before, you know, Lyft or Uber. And I start going up to the cabbies and they're either, they've got tourists already, or they say, no, I only stay on this side of the bridge. Like they don't necessarily go across the bridge. They stay on one of the other side of the bridge. Then I see like tour buses and I'm thinking of asking the tour guides, you know, like, can I just hop on for a ride back across the bridge into the city? And that's not working. And then I'm literally, I mean, this is the first time in my life I ever considered hitchhiking. I was just, I was desperate. I was so desperate. I did not want to walk across the bridge again. And I probably spent a good, I don't know, half hour in the parking lot on the other side of the bridge and the north side trying to figure out how I could get out of walking back. And then I'm looking at the time and I'm realizing my meter is going to be up. Like I need to get back. And I'm pretty sure they ticket in this area frequently. So like, you know what? You did it. You can go back. So I start walking back 
I'm kind of feeling comfortable again. I stop for a little bit. The views of the city are gorgeous. So I stop, I take some photos again and I'm getting into a rhythm and I'm realizing like, okay, I've got this, you know? And all of a sudden about 20 feet in front of me, I see somebody on the bike and somebody walking and they're having a little bit of an altercation at nothing physical, but just, you know, words. And I'm kind of like, how am I going to get around these people? It was just another obstacle. You know, I just kept walking and I'm like, you know, I think actually in my set, in my head, I was like, please, God, please let this altercation be resolved by the time I get there. Like they will have parted and I can just go on. And it actually was. And I keep getting closer to the end of the bridge and I'm just in my rhythm. I'm looking down at my feet to keep going. And all of a sudden I look up and I see the signs over the toll bridges. And this was the year in San Francisco that they closed the toll bridges and there was no more stopping for tolls. They were just, you know, charging you by your license plate or whatever. So they had all this signage about, you know, keep driving, but in huge flashing lights, it said, do not stop, keep going. And it was like this message that was just for me. I mean, my jaw dropped and I was probably 20 feet away from the end of the bridge. And it just felt like such a reward. The title of your book, (laughs) Do Not Stop Going. (laughs) Could be, could be. Wow. What a story and what a milestone. And I love how creative you were in celebrating, in honoring in going out of your comfort zone. And you probably felt incredible when you reached your 40th moment and your 41st birthday, looking back at this incredible year of accomplishment. Yeah. You know, I felt like a different person, really. I had gone through all these things. I mean, there were moments like that and there were longer moments, like week-long moments. That's some of your highlights. Oh my gosh. I did a lot of travel that year. I was traveling like every month that year, which was amazing. So I got to present at conferences in Las Vegas and Denver and Disneyland, which was fun. I went to the Grand Canyon and Sedona, which I'd never been to. So that was really fun. I won a contest to go to Nicaragua and do some eco-volunteerism and help save baby turtles, which was a dream come true. That was, you know, something I had always wanted to do. So that was amazing. And then there were little things that, you know, just shocked me out of the blue. My niece decided to move back to Oregon that year. And one time I was coming home from California and she surprised me in the airport. And it just, it was in that moment, you know, it was like, I know, okay, this is moment, whatever I was on. The experience really opened me up to being, to this awareness in my life and just to being ready for anything, you know? And I went from a place in the beginning of these things that I was longing for and that I thought that I was missing out on and really focusing on things that I didn't have in my life to you know, a complete 180 and being able to look at my life and say, I have an amazing life. You know, look at all this travel I was able to do. Like I wouldn't have been able to do that necessarily with a husband and kids at home. You know, I mean, maybe I might not have had, you know, this opportunity or that opportunity. And so it really just helped me put everything in perspective. It feels like it really lit your fire. It did. Yeah. And who knows, maybe that fire is what 
led you to meeting your husband, to having your <laughs> child? What a miracle. I mean, was it shortly after your 40? It was. I met my husband in the following year, my 41st year. Yeah. That's amazing. And then what a miracle to have your little precious son. Yeah. I mean, I just really feel like that was a, a year of learning. And actually one of my moments was just the books that I read that year. I read a lot of books that really helped me better understand who I was as a person. And that was a gift. You know, that was a moment to have that gift and to really be able to feel so grounded in myself. Wow. It sounds like you gave yourself the biggest birthday present. <laughs> yes. What I love about this and why I wanted to bring this idea to our listeners is this is something that anyone could do. It doesn't cost anything. It's literally just kavana, intention, awareness, right? I'm thinking to myself, here I am. It's my Hebrew birthday today. What's this year going to be like? I mean, we could look down the road of it's Corona and finances, and we all have our tsaras, we all have our hardships, okay? And we could see, it's very clear, they're all right there, you know, shining lights, like, look at me, focus on me. Or we could look a different way, and we could just focus on gratitude. And there's so much to be grateful for. And today, just as the end of Hanukkah is right here, I just feel like miracles. It's all about miracles. We're waiting for miracles. We're looking for miracles. And the truth is, when we believe in miracles, then we see them. Mm -hmm. When we expect them, they're here. Everything is a miracle. The fact that you and I are in our homes and we're recording on Zoom and we're going to put it out to the whole world. Technology is a miracle. Getting on an airplane and flying to a different city or country, it's a miracle. Your chair is in the air, okay? (laughs) We could focus on it, we could acknowledge it, or we could just say, oh, nature, science, this, that. But really what you've done is just focused and zoomed in on the beauty of everything in your life. And look where that took you. It's opened a lot of doors. I mean, Deborah is someone that in our community here in Portland, she is a mover and shaker. She brings women together. We have this powerful group that she runs called Dream Big. It's one of my favorite groups to be a part of because you know how to make space. You know how to pull out the beauty within all of us. You know how to help us see ourselves the way other people might see us. You know, help us have a vision, a plan, set intentions, you know, the affirmations that you were talking about, like, I am safe. I am good. Well, we have scrapbooked that. I have my vision boards that we've done together. We made stones that had like a word, just like one word. What is your word for 2020? We did that last year and hopefully we'll do something for 2021. But just that, it's so powerful. You have your word. You have your vision. You have your marching orders for the year ahead, for the time ahead, for whatever it is. And that is just so important for all of us, just to have something, a blueprint. And that's kind of what you did. You know, I just, I'm realizing that that I didn't know all the details. And that's kind of the fun thing about it is like, I did just put out this grander vision and things just fell into place and I grasped onto them, you know? And then the energy flowed. So, oh, what I didn't even mention was I have my notebooks over here. So, I mean, just to give an example of like how the energy flows. So I got, I'm a stationary person. So I got my cute little, you know, my notebook that I was writing about my moments in. And then I was at a Jewish film festival watching a film about 
oh, I forget his name, but he's a famous singer songwriter. He's the cousin of a family friend of ours. And he wrote such hits as This Magic Moment. And in fact, that was the name of the film. So I hear this song and I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute, I need a soundtrack. You know, so then it was like the song started coming. So I started building a soundtrack. And then moments 12, I had a very interesting experience where I had a lot of peer pressure to have a moment with somebody. And I won't go into the whole story. It'll be in my book. And I just, that's probably the one moment that, you know, after I declared it a moment, I sort of wanted to take it back because of the reaction I got from this other person. So then it was like, in big, bold letters, you know, to myself, like, these are my moments, you know, I get to decide, nobody else gets to decide. And then I love quotations. So, you know, quotations would just come up for me. And I just wanted to capture them because I thought they were so beautiful. And these were the kind of things that just came to me. I didn't set out with that intention. I set out with the intention of 40 moments. You know, Deborah, what I love about this is that yes. this could work for all types of people. Yes. Be a public person and sharing it with the world, or you could be doing it just for yourself. Absolutely. And I love that you're owning it. Like, it's my moment. No <laughs> yeah. one can tell you, like, if this is, you know, it's just such a personal, private thing, or you could broadcast it to the world. And that makes it so much easier because there's all different types of people out there. And even for people that are public and out there, sometimes they just need to do things just for themselves. And it's so healthy and healing. How would you give some advice to us if we want to do this? And I'm considering doing it and I'm not sure what it's going to look like. But what advice would you give just to make it happen, to get started? What do we need? I mean, I'm a journal type of person. So I wanted to capture this and I'm really glad I did because it's going to help me as I write my book. I also, this chest up here, this treasure chest, I bought. And I have mementos from each of my moments. So that's just me. Like I'm a collector. I wanted these keepsakes, you know, I think just keep it really simple and just, I would suggest one of two things to start. If you are coming up to a milestone birthday or you're at a milestone birthday, like you are really set out the intention for your year ahead, or you could just go about and just think, you know, I'm just going to go through my day and just watch for the moments. And I started calling them meaningful moments. I got this term actually from David Kessler. He's a grief expert. And I heard him on Brene Brown's amazing podcast. And when he talked about meaningful moments, it was just like, yes, that's what my moments are for me. They're very meaningful and they're meaningful for me. And you will start to see things pop up for yourself. And it may be like, if you do a gratitude journal, it may be very much in line with what you're grateful for that day. It may be totally different. So just, you know, pick a spec, you know, an end of the spectrum, you know, are you going to go big for a year or are you just going to kind of ease into it and start small and just see what comes up for you? Hmm. And I promise you that the more you pay attention to it, the more you will see these moments in your life. Beautiful. I think also what I'm hearing you say is don't overthink it. Just jump in, just make it happen. Set a goal, move forward, right? One foot in front of the other. Yeah. You know, it's kind of about being present in your life and being, you know, recognizing. I mean, another moment that's coming to mind as you're talking is I had met a new friend now, a colleague and friend at one of these conferences that I went to. And she came to visit me in Monterey. And we just went for a day. We went to the aquarium and we had been looking in the gift shop. There was this 
gorgeous turtle necklace. And I just, this is the way I am. I'm just kind of like, oh, that's beautiful, but I wouldn't buy it for myself. You know, like that's beautiful. And unbeknownst to me, she bought it for me. And, you know, so a little while later we're leaving and she said, she took it out and she gave it to me. And she said, I just want to thank you for this amazing day. You know, like this was so special to spend the day at the aquarium with you. In that moment, it was like, I just told her, I was like, well, this is a moment, you know, you're in a moment with me. I'm having a moment. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's what it was. And that's like, when you're really present in your life and you're really, you know, not distracted and not, you know, as you say, overthinking, you can have that moment and really enjoy it. You know, Deborah, this is such a great idea. And as you're talking, my brain is just like whirling away with different, more ideas that are similar to this. I wonder if we could challenge ourselves to have 40 hidden kindnesses, mm-hmm. acts of kindness that we could do in our year. You know, yeah, actually, that has been one of the amazing impacts of this was I did share on Facebook with my friends and family. And over time, I was learning that people were starting to do this themselves. And actually one of my girlfriends just turned 60 this year and she asked people to do 60 kindnesses in honor of her birthday. So absolutely. I mean, make it it your own, take the idea and make it your own, like whatever works for you. So much fun. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this. This was wonderful. Wonderful. If our listeners want to find you or share ideas with you or follow you for your upcoming book. Best place right now is on Instagram. I'm at, at my meaningful moments. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you, Deborah. We look forward to hearing more and uh, seeing where you go next. (laughs) Thank you so much, Eve. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We value that you are a part of our community. Be sure to check out our other podcast episodes and to learn more about the work that we do at Inspired Jewish Women. Please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website at www.inspiredjewishwomen.com. Notice that we use the word woman and not woman in plural because Jewish women are most powerful when we bond together and we together can create amazing positive changes in the world. Bye for now. Hope to see you again soon so we could continue this conversation.